Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 139. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today I'm really excited to introduce a very special guest, Jason Fenske. Jason, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. Let's do this. All right. It is great to have you here. Jason Fenske produces and creates the YouTube channel Engineering Explained. His video lessons focus on automotive engineering topics and provide the viewer with a clear and concise description of how things really work. His passion to teach people through his video has generated a loyal following And if you want to know how a V12 engine works or how the clutches and torque converters operate, Jason's your guy. Engineering Explained is a wonderful go-to site for quick, clear, and thoughtful explanations of everything automotive. Jason graduated with a mechanical engineering degree of North Carolina State University, and I'm really thrilled to have him here today on Cars Yeah. So Jason, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your history, about Engineering Explained, your interest, and of course, your passion for automobiles. Sure, thank you. Um, And I think you made me sound a little bit more awesome than uh, what I'm actually doing. (laughs) But basically, uh, what what I've created this YouTube channel called Engineering Explained, I had an internship my junior year of college. And I thought, you know, going through college that in mechanical engineering um, at NC State, I thought I was going to learn quite a bit about how cars work and things like that, and didn't really, you know, realize how much it's really just math focused mm-hmm. and getting the physics down. And so I had this internship uh, with a, it was a public internship for construction office, and I didn't have much to do, to say the least. So I had a lot of free time there, and I, I wanted to have something that I could put on my resume that would look good for getting a job out of college. Mm-hmm. So instead of uh, just playing games every day, uh, which I did for a while, but it got old at this internship, I started researching different engineering topics. It actually didn't start out as just cars, uh, but basically different engineering topics. I'd research them during the day, and then I'd go home and shoot some video on what I learned and then throw that up on my YouTube channel. And then in hopes of that this would eventually grow an audience, I could put it on a resume, it would look good, and maybe one day I'd get a job. <laughs> well, that's, kind of, uh, <laughs> that's kind of why I started it. And then kind of over time, just my passion for cars kind of 
took out the other aspects of engineering that I was talking about and really it's just focusing on automotive engineering. Yeah, well, fantastic. And my wife, Jill, she went to uh, mechanical engineering school. She ended up being a civil engineer, but it was all mathematics. I just remember we were dating when we were both in college and yeah, it seemed like everything, every class she took was some type of a math, physics, something like that. Nothing yep. to do with cars at all. Although I was out in the driveway while she was studying waxing cars. So <laughs> she uh, she got used <laughs> to my passion for cars. But that's really interesting how you created this YouTube page. And I've watched many of your videos and they're they're really nice because they are very simple, easy to understand. I think what you're creating here is very cool. And that's why I wanted to have you on Cars Yeah. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. And this is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So Jason, take the wheel. Okay, so, uh, and I think you kind of touched on this um, regarding my channel, and basically uh, a quote that I really like, and I'm not sure if it's uh, attributed to Einstein or not, there's a quote that's something along the lines of, if you can't explain something simply, you don't fully understand it. And I think that's fantastic, and it really applies to, like, what I'm trying to do. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you have to dumb down the vocabulary so that a five-year-old understands it. What I think it means is that, you know, if you truly understand a subject and someone asks you a question about that subject, you should be able to answer it regardless of what that question is. So when I'm making my videos about, you know, how a torque converter works or how a dual clutch transmission works, I try to think of what are all the questions that someone could possibly ask about how that item works. And I try and incorporate all of those in a logical order in the video and so, you know, over time, you start to learn more and more as you make more of these videos about what people are going to be asking you. You try and anticipate those questions. Um, but basically, that quote, you know, if you can't explain something, simply don't fully understand it. I think it's uh, incredibly accurate. And so I kind of try and apply that to my videos. Oh, it makes a world of sense. Let me ask you this. When you started doing this, did you test it on some people or did you just start putting these things up? I... <laughs> I wouldn't say I tested it on people, though. You know, I, I was always kind of that guy that was, like, learning about something and then immediately teaching my friends about it. So it was like I would take the time to figure something out, and then I'd be excited about what I just learned. And then I'd, you know, talk to one of my friends who also liked cars and be like, hey, like, this is how this works. This is cool. So it wasn't necessarily that I threw up some tester videos. I did have, you know, some previous YouTube channels which weren't successful and didn't relate to teaching. So, you know, I kind of just combined some things that I'd previously done and threw it into one, and thankfully it worked out over time. So, I don't watch a lot of TV, but there's a show that I enjoy watching once in a while, How Things Are Made or How It's Made. I don't even remember the title, but you look at simple little things like springs, and you know, how do they make a spring, you know? And yeah. they make it very simple. They show you how the machines work and everything, and that's what I like about your site. It It simplifies things, again, not to being dumbed down, but just basic, simple answers on, oh, okay, now I start to see how that works. And you use a video or a uh, marker board for a lot of your videos to show things. So, yep. Yeah, I think it's just great what you're doing. Would you share with me a story that instigated your passion for cars? I'd love to hear about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a little bit sad of a story, but basically... Um Growing up, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily into cars, but I was into how things worked. Um, and, I, and I was always interested in, like, you know, things like Legos. And then if I ever got 
you know, like a remote control car or some electronic toy. I was always taking it apart and trying to figure out how it actually moved uh-huh. and things like that. You were that. one of those kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it, it never really applied to cars until, sadly, a video game, uh, Project Gotham Racing 3, which was for the original Xbox. And that was the first, like, car-based pretty much anything that I had kind of dealt with. Um, and it was a car-based video game, which I typically wasn't a fan of at all. And, you know, I just started, the game itself had a lot of information about the different cars, you know, what engine was in it, how much power, you know, the layout, which mm-hmm. wheels were driven, things like that. And so I started to learn about all these different vehicles from the game, you know, and what they were good at, what they were bad at. And then from that, you know, it just started kind of spreading. So I started reading Motor Trend and watching Top Gear and, you know, all the automotive media out there. You know, I just started kind of absorbing all that information. Uh, because it was interesting to me, so I think it all it all really boils down to a video game, whether that sounds uh, boring <laughs> or not. <laughs> no, no, you know, inspiration can come from anywhere, whether it's the garage with your dad asking you to hand him a wrench, or uh, in your case, a video game where it's it spurred some some thought and process and question in your mind that, well, how do these things go together? How do they work? And we we take cars for granted. I think that. Cars have really dumbed drivers down in a sense these days because some of them, you open the hood, you can't even see the engine anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, heaven forbid if you have to try to work on them because... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the electronics, not like the old days when you had a carburetor or something simple to fix. You just, most people can't work on them, so they don't even ever open the hood. Some cars now don't even have a dipstick, so... Yeah, <laughs> no... Yep, absolutely. I just actually was uh, test driving a Volvo, and it was only electronic to view uh, the engine oil level. And it's like, well, what if you need to take an oil sample? Yeah. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> I know. It's it's a little crazy. But uh, nonetheless, no, as long as you're an enthusiast and you got inspired, I think it's great. And you're definitely inspiring others to understand how things work. What I want to do now, Jason, is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and Crawl under the hood, those hoods that we can crawl under, and ask you to share a huge challenge or a failure that you faced. But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did you learn from it? You know, I've kind of been fearing this question because I feel like a very fortunate person who hasn't had the most hardships of hardships to deal with. So ultimately, I feel like overall, you know, I haven't had too many just overwhelming challenges that I've had to overcome. I mean, that said, though, uh, I did I did have a difficult time finding a job out of college, immediately out of college. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the process, I guess I just didn't fully understand. And so, you know, I, I sent out my, you know, 30 or 40 resumes and cover letters, and they were just kind of generic cover letters uh, that I'd send all the different companies. And, you know, I got basically no feedback from it. And, I remember in, you know, a couple months before I was about to graduate telling my dad, saying, hey, dad, well, coming home after college, like, hope you're okay with that. And thankfully, that didn't happen. Uh, I think I got pretty lucky. There was a company, NMHG, which makes Heister and Yale forklifts, and they had a sign-up for interviews, which was pretty much unheard of um, for me. So you could just literally write your name on a list, and you could get an interview with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hadn't had any interviews at this point uh, and I think partially that's because of my poor strategy of applying to companies. You know, I didn't really try to communicate with anyone. I just went through the databases of put your application here, put your cover letter here, submit, and then I just kind of leave it at that. And there's a lot more to it than that. I think, you know, you need a network. 
You need to speak with people. You need to call these companies and talk with them. And once I was able to have this interview, you know, this is the first company that actually agreed to interview me. They liked me, so I got sent out for another round interview in Portland, Oregon, and that went well. So I got my first job, and it was all, you know, it was all a result of speaking to someone. And it doesn't really matter what's on your resume if it's just sitting in a huge stack of a bunch of other resumes. You know, you really got to communicate with someone that's that's making the decisions and, and get out there and get your name heard so that you can actually move up. Oh, absolutely. I've I've heard that from several of my guests that these days are saying, you know what, just pick up the phone and call somebody. <laughs> talk, yep, absolutely. And talk absolutely. to them. Yeah, because people don't call anymore. They don't talk to anybody anymore. It's all electronic or text or nobody communicates the old-fashioned right. way just by talking. It's part of why I'm doing this show is we get to talk to people and listen to people and learn about their lives. So yep. I understand it. it is a challenge out there. How about aha moments. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. And I'd love for you to share a story with me when you had a real aha moment about what you're doing now, perhaps. And it was that time that when you realized, you know what, I think this idea, this concept is really going to make it. This this has some merit. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Okay. So I wouldn't say it was a, a one defined moment where I knew like, hey, this was going to be successful. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I'd, I'd made previous YouTube channels, and they went nowhere. Um, they were more like comedy-based, uh, and they weren't they weren't any good, to be honest. Uh, so, you know, teaching was always something I was kind of passionate about. I talked with my friends about it, and I'd teach them things. Um, and so I went into it not necessarily expecting it to be something that that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. So it wasn't like, aha, I'll be an entrepreneur, and this will be what I do. But... Um, you know, I, I put some, I put a lot of thought into it, kind of anticipating if that were to happen, I wanted to be prepared for it. So a lot of the channels out there on YouTube, you know, you can kind of tell that there wasn't much foresight into them. And although they're huge now, like they, they have just some ridiculous username that's like, well, clearly they weren't hoping that, you know, years down the road they would be famous and their username was this like, random string of letters and numbers. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I wanted to pick a name uh, that was, you know, something that was simple, easy to remember, and focused on a theme that I was interested in. And so Engineering Explained was kind of what came to mind. Um, there's, a, there's a guy, Marshall Brain, who writes the books uh, How Stuff Works, mm -hmm. and it was kind of inspired by, you know, what he's doing, How Stuff Works. It's very simple. You know, that's what he's, that's what he's doing. He's explaining how stuff works. And so Engineering Explained is kind of this very simple, that's what I'm doing. I'm explaining engineering. Um, so I, I kind of went into it never expecting that this would be what I'm doing full-time as like an entrepreneur, but more so I wanted to be prepared for it should it increase in popularity um, based on what I had done previously. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I think it happens a lot to people. They start something that they think is fun, they're passionate about it, and it becomes successful. And in the case of not having thought it all the way through, sometimes the names don't quite work and you know, the yeah. goofiness of it, but sometimes it does. So, I mean, who would have thought that kid named Mark sitting in a in the dorm room invented this Facebook thing that it would become what it has become. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, just trying to, to rate how good the girls looked. So, quite yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. How about proudest moments? Is there, you've probably had several, maybe a lot, but 
Is there one in particular with what you're doing that you really are fond of that you just went, wow, man, um, it makes me feel good? Yeah, absolutely. So one of, one of the proud moments, and it was just kind of a, you know, I'm sitting there reflecting on how I got to where I was. I was recently riding in a Ferrari uh, Berlinetta with Marc Genet, who is a uh, Formula One test driver for Ferrari. He's yeah. racing Formula One. He's racing 24-hour Le Mans. And so I was, you know, I'm sitting in the car with him in a Ferrari. And we're going around this course. And I was just, you know, thinking to myself, how awesome is this? That, yes. You know, I, I created this YouTube channel. And as a result, I'm in a Ferrari with a professional race driver, like, going around this course. I just thought that was, like, absurd so that's one thing that i like to think back on like wow this is really cool how did you get a passenger ride with him uh so shell was actually hosting an event and they were having me come out to attend the formula one grand prix at spa Ah. so they had this uh ferrari experience before spa and so it was like a day of you know kind of learning about different things so we did the test drive with uh Mark Genet, and then we also had a portion where we learned about um, basically different octane fuels and how you alter ignition timing to create more power. So they had a, like a Volkswagen Polo or a GTI or something that they altered the fuels in. Uh, and then they also have, Shell has a trackside lab that they uh, used to analyze Ferrari's fuels uh, during the races during Formula One. And so we got to check that out. So it was all kind of this part of this little media deal to, to look at what Shell's doing kind of behind the scenes for Ferrari. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. What an experience. That sounds yeah, fantastic. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Way beyond cool. That's really fantastic. <laughs> Let's have a little bit of fun here. Could you share with me your first really special car and maybe <laughs> a memory you had with that vehicle? If you tell me you yeah. don't have a car, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> no, I have two cars. Um, and my first car, which I still own, is a 1999 Acura Integra GS. Uh, it's a two-door. It's the non-VTEC version, so it's the slow uh, B18, B1 engine, which doesn't have the interesting valve train. You know, it's it's a fun car, though, and, and I think a lot of it, I've, I've started test driving different vehicles recently, you know, started doing some car reviews on my channel, and one of the things that I, I really, I, I thought going back to my Integra and driving it, I would think, uh, like, what a piece of crap this car is going to be after driving, you know, brand new Lexus or something like that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, there's so much feedback in the steering of this car. There's so much feedback from the car itself. You really feel so involved driving it versus driving these modern cars where a lot of things are controlled electronically. Uh, and honestly, it's a really fun car to drive. So whenever I go back to it, and I also have a 2014 Subaru STI, which has way more power to, than this Integra. And I thought, you know, once I start driving my Integra again, after buying this STI, it's not going to be any fun because it's so slow. And, and it's just not the case. It's just a fun car. Like, the way it handles, the way it drives, and the feedback you get is fantastic. Hmm. Um, a story I can share with my Integra. So I drove it across the country. I moved from North Carolina to Oregon. And I took all of my life and put it in this Integra. And that's one of the reasons I think this car is so cool. The hatchback, you can fold down the rear seats. And honestly, you can fit a ridiculous amount of things in the back. Um, I fit, you know, a full mountain bike without taking the wheel off. I've put seven-foot Christmas trees in it twice. <laughs> you know, this car can fit a ton of stuff in it. So I put all of my life in it. I drove across the country. The rear shocks were not happy at all. I was barely, you know, scraping by. And I remember looking out the car, like, anticipating the bumps ahead because every time it bumped, 
either the tire would hit the wheel well or my exhaust would scrape the ground. Yeah. <laughs> the back of the car was so weighted down from everything that I had put in it. But uh, it's a fantastic car. It gets good gas mileage. It's been super reliable. And, yeah, I just love it. <laughs> fantastic. Is there a vehicle that you've sold that you really wish you could have back, that seller's remorse story? <laughs> no, I'm more of a hoarder, so <laughs> I, I've, I've only purchased two vehicles, and I'll probably have them my whole life. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you'll be like, uh, I had um grandson of Harold LeMay, who was, Harold LeMay was known as the man in the Guinness Book of World Records who had the most cars, and his grandson, oh, Eric, wow. Eric, was on the show. They have a museum here in Tacoma. Uh, the LeMay Museum. It's a wonderful car museum. But um, yeah, he was the same way. He never sold anything. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're on your way to uh, amassing a, a, the largest. I've only got and... two. So okay. Well, it's a start. long way to get to that record. Yeah, it's a start. <laughs> Is there a current project that you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Uh, well, you know, this, this YouTube channel is starting to evolve quite a bit. And so in, in the past year, 2014 has kind of been the year for this channel where I haven't really done any collaborations prior to 2014. Uh, and then in 2014, I started working with Nismo. I started working with Shell. I got to drive a Corvette on a track, you know, and I've, I've just recently started doing uh, car reviews. And that's kind of one of the newer portions of my channel. And it's not going to replace the explanations, but kind of just something in addition to it. And I'm really hoping to grow that uh, for 2015. So this year I managed to get like five or six manufacturers that were willing to let me use a vehicle for a week. Uh, and then at the end of that, you know, I post a video review on my thoughts of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping that that expands. And I'm also pretty excited for just the random opportunities that pop up throughout the year. The reason I actually quit my full-time job, um, I had run out of vacation days. And I didn't want to quit this early. I wanted to save up some more money. But I'd run out of vacation days, and uh, Mobile One was asking if I wanted to drive a Corvette on a track. And it was like, (laughs) well, (laughs) yes, I want to drive a Corvette on a track. So I quit my job a little bit earlier than I wanted to, but I got to experience this. I got to network with a lot of people who were there at this media event. It definitely was for the best um, at that time. So I'm just looking for the kind of random opportunities that will pop up along the way. and hopefully get some more manufacturers to approve some uh, car reviews. Those are fun to do. There you go. Very cool. Now, here's an interesting question for you, Jason. If you were a car, what kind of car would Jason be (laughs) and why? (laughs) Uh, See, this is... This is like going to show my true personality. That's I guess. The, well, no, that's the reason I ask it. Yeah, it's a very, you know, and it's fun the way people answer this. I always hope they answer it how they perceive themselves. So here you go. Yeah, so, you know, you like to think that you're some exciting sports car, but I, I don't think that's really the reality of it. So if I were to if I were to say I was one car, you know, I think this Acura Integra actually pins it quite well of, of what car I would be. And the reason why, Aside from the fact that it's a very lightweight car and I don't weigh very much myself, it's a pretty intelligently designed car, you know, and basically it just, I feel like what it does is it attempts to minimize risk in your, in your car, you know. It's reliable, it's really easy to service, uh, there's plenty of space, you know, around the engine so you can get to anything, uh, it gets decent gas mileage, you know, you're, you're not, you're not putting much risk when you drive this car and, and it has this huge, you know, hatch trunk that you can fit whatever you want in the vehicle and so to me it just seems like this incredibly practical do anything friendly car that you know it's not all that exciting 
but I didn't want to say that I was a Honda Civic, so I'm going to go with Acura Integra <laughs> okay. uh, and say that I approach my life by basically minimizing risk, and I think this car kind of does the same. <laughs> there you go. Great answer. All right, Jason, we're entering what I call the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Sure. All right, here we go. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? I think just just do it. You know, people like to say, oh, I'm not going to work on my car because I don't quite understand it. And I think if you really want to learn how something works, watch a few DIYs on YouTube, you know, figure it out, and just have your best shot at it. And, you know, you're going to be amazed at how much you learn just by, you know, just try and do it. Just try and do it yourself and see what happens. Watch some YouTube videos, read some blog posts, and try and figure it out, and you'll learn a ton. You know, I've I've um, been into car care my whole life, and I had a friend who just said, oh, I don't want to use a machine in my car, like a random, random orbital or something. I might damage it. And I said, well, go rent a car and, and detail that, you know. Yeah. But, but just try it. Pick it up and just try it. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that was probably the nicest that car ever returned to the rental agency. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your to your success? Yes, absolutely. I think I think planning is one of the most important things that uh, people can do. You know, plan ahead, plan for what the consequences could be, and plan so that you're successful. Uh, and I think a lot of people try, you know, this is almost counter to what I just said, just do it. A lot of people try to just do things without actually planning. And you really do need to take the time to plan things out. And that's what I do with my videos. You know, I sit down, I plan out, well, what are all the questions that people can ask? And I write all those down, and I try and answer them all. Yeah. And right. then how can I how can I put this in an organized manner that's going to make sense? And sometimes, you know, you come up with something that doesn't quite make sense, and so I'll kind of discard that idea. But I think planning ahead is one of the most important things you can do in order to be successful. Yep, absolutely. How about resources? Is there one, other than your website, is there one in particular, maybe it's a website or a blog that you get that you're really fond of that you could share with the Car Show listeners? Um, so, so the, the resource I constantly am going to, and this sounds pretty, uh, simple and lame is uh, Google. I mean, there's so much information out there and it's not necessarily all in one spot. And that's, what's fantastic about Google. So whenever I'm, you know, trying to learn something, what I end up doing is just Googling it. There's probably 10 search results that'll come back with somewhat decent information. And, you know, going through those first 10, you'll get everything you need to know. The problem with it is you have to go through 10 of them. Uh, and so that's kind of what I've been trying to fix is that, you know, you can get all the information in one spot rather than having to look through all these articles. But, I mean, Google itself is, is probably the most useful resource uh, this planet has as far as learning. So yeah, pretty, it's, uh, it's a <laughs> great incredible. resource. Pretty incredible. How about books? Is there a book that you've recently read or maybe one in the past, just one that you think our listeners should really read? So there's a book I had in college called Engineering Fundamentals of the Internal Combustion Engine. Uh, and it was a fantastic book. I still have it. And basically it goes through a lot of the math involved with internal combustion engines. And it also has little bits of history that it throws in, little fun facts throughout the book. So I've found it to be a great resource in learning about engines in particular. Awesome. Um, also another uh, thing that I really liked 
um, and this isn't really a book, but there's a documentary on Elon Musk called uh, Risk Takers. I think it's like a Bloomberg special, oh, and yeah. it kind of goes into what he's done with uh, Tesla, as well as SpaceX and some of the other things he's done. But honestly, it's one of the most inspiring documentaries I've ever watched, um, and it's just incredible what problems exist and that he sees them and finds a solution and then implements it. It's, it's a really inspiring watch. Oh, fantastic. Well, perhaps you can uh, send me an email with a link to that and I'll make sure that Absolutely. that gets on your page. Okay. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources at com slash Jason Fenske. How about interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? So I'm a big fan of skiing since I've moved out to the Pacific Northwest. There's a fantastic mountain, Mount Hood, mm-hmm. which is pretty close by. So I love going up there in the winter. I'm hoping for some snow this weekend, actually. Yeah. Uh, I also like hiking. I'm a big fan of Netflix. That's pretty <laughs> lame, right? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, hiking and hiking and skiing are both great things to do out here in the Northwest. I love it. All right, Jason. This last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but this is something that you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with, but money's no object. Today, I'm going to buy you whatever car you want. Pretty incredible, (laughs) huh? good to me. Yeah. What would that vehicle be and why? A car I've always been drawn to is the Noble M400. Uh, It's a British car, and basically it's just this uh, super light rear-wheel drive mid-engine car. It's got a 3-liter V6 in it, uh, it's twin-turbo. I think it's a little over, like, 400 horsepower. But the car only weighs, it's something like 2,300 or 2,400 pounds. It's a very lightweight car. And I really like that in cars. I really like when cars focus on uh, keeping the weight out because it enhances performance in pretty much every way. So I've, I've always been attracted to that car physically and basically from an engineering standpoint. I think a lot of what they've done with that vehicle is ideal. Well, that's a pretty unique car. That's the first time I've heard that on this show. So very different vehicle. That's awesome. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of people Googling that one. That's great. Yeah. Well, Jason, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. It's been great getting to know you, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset? Sure. Uh, You know, a lot of people, I guess, Probably everyone likes to live by like the the simple quote, like you know, pursue your passion, and and I think there's some truth to that. But I I've personally kind of taken a little bit of a different approach to it, and I, I think a better idea is is basically minimizing risk while trying to pursue your passion. So, like what I've done personally, and what I think is kind of the best way of doing this is, you know, you want to become financially stable so that you can do the things you like doing. So, you know, I go to college, I get my degree in engineering, and I get my job in engineering. And although it's not, you know, building the next Ferrari, it's a job in engineering, it relates to what I'm interested in, and it pays all of my bills. And then on the side, I have the flexibility to take the time and, you know, create this YouTube channel and work on it and have it grow. And so all the while, you know, I'm financially stable because I have this engineering job, and should my YouTube channel completely fail, then, you know, I've got this fallback. Right. Whereas, you know, if, if you put all your eggs in one basket, it, it can leave you kind of in a dangerous situation that you can't get out of for some time. So my, my advice is always, you know, try and minimize risk. If you can, you know, just work a full-time job that kind of relates to what you're interested into. It doesn't have to be it exactly. And then work on your hobbies on the side and see if you can build that, you know, into 
whatever you're passionate about, try and build that into a, a career for yourself. Yep. Sounds good. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and what you're doing? So you can just Google Engineering Explained or go to youtube.com slash engineeringexplained uh, or facebook.com slash engineeringexplained. Any of those should work out in finding my channel. That'd be awesome if you guys checked it out. All right. Well, again, listeners, you can find links to everything Jason has shared with us at carsyad.com slash Jason Fenske. Jason, thank you for being so generous with your time and your expertise and And sharing your experiences with our listeners, it's been great fun. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!